0: Often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap Box Slap Box. Welcome to the Slap Box Podcast. This is episode five hundred and 26, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh, is my uh, web page not loading up? This is already coming out of the gate strong. Real strong. It seems like it should be 526. This laptop sucks. <laughs> that's, that's the story I'm sticking to. I'm pretty sure it's 526. Oh, that it is. That it is. 526. <laughs> I had it right. Ooh, all right, I can do math. Now, having me remember just five of those episodes is is tough enough. I mean, I can remember certain parts of episodes, I suppose. A good chunk of them. At least several hundred of them. Fuck, I don't remember a damn thing about them. There's just, <laughs> you know, there's probably like 20 or so. I have a good idea of what some of the things we were talking about, or at least who was on it. You know part of the experience but for the most part you know i have it's just a conversation these days with myself just conversation that i forget like immediately after the fact it's crazy i, I don't know i just talk so much and then <laughs> i completely forget about shit i can often remember what other people talk about but for some reason myself it will just immediately be gone as uh people like hey you remember that no no yeah we talked about it like yesterday or like an hour ago no no sorry i don't remember got uh <laughs> when my voice is involved there's just the blank slate blank slate see i've already forgotten what i've talking about on this show <laughs> uh anyway um <laughs> so yeah uh, see, last week I recorded early on Friday. It was, uh, so, and I put it out. I guess it was 9 11 last Sunday, which was 21 years. That's fucking crazy to think. That was 21 years ago. As, uh, now people that were born on that day can fucking drink. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Did the annual, I guess, listen to the Howard Stern broadcast from 9 11 that uh, I Do pretty much every year find it on YouTube. Shelley sent it to me a link to a one because uh, you know I usually gets taken down, and uh, but somebody always posts it around that time, You're able to find it. It's really weird going back and listening to that now. Is uh, <clears throat> you know this is <laughs> twenty one years ago. It's weird going back to that moment of how things were and like the the moment of. When when the shit was going down. Oh, that's a dark rabbit hole. I figure I don't need to need to start off on that note and like continue to go to, down that road. Um But uh but more uh on a lighter note. I recorded it early last week because I was going to go run out at Berryman Trail in preparation. Four pacing my sister out at the uh, Ozark Trail Race 100. She's doing the 100 miles. I'm just running like 21 and a half miles with her at the end, which by that point, I'm betting she's probably going to be doing a lot of walking. So, on my part, it's going to be fairly easy. My part is just going to be like, hopefully, just it'd be a positive influence to keep her going. So, try to entertain, you know. Well, I mean, I should have plenty to talk about. Again, I forget about shit I talked about. I don't remember if I told her the shitting in the bed in Russia story. <laughs> I'll have to i have to ask her on that. But I've got plenty of stories other than that. There's other shitting stories, I guess. There's you know I shit the shit underneath the bridge, the Katy Trail. There's a lot of stories when I was a kid about shitting that I'd really I I, I'd really not like to think about. They're not funny. They're just embarrassing. It's fucked up. I was a dirty little kid. <laughs> I had issues. I had a lot of issues. I still have a lot of issues, but I I'm not. Thankfully, I, I'm not. I guess as bad as the child me. I guess we'll go with that, right? Anyway, <laughs> so I went to Berryman uh, for the Mark Twain Summit. Uh, a friend of my run group, uh, Eric, uh, uh has been running now for 50 years, and he did a little song beforehand. It wasn't actually a race. It was just a, a meetup at uh Berryman Campgrounds. So a lot of people camp it um out there at the Berryman campgrounds and then the next day run. Uh my friend Thad and I went out there together and uh <coughs> I ran with Thad. I did neither one of us camped. We just ran uh ended up going like uh almost twenty one miles, although the last couple miles i walked a lot because i i had chafing so fucking bad because like midway through here comes the shit again <laughs> i had to, i had a turtle head poking out about mile 10 and it was it was one to come out it was one to blast off out of my asshole and uh it was getting bad it was getting bad there was uh it was very uncomfortable And uh, I thought we were going 18. We talked about maybe doing a half marathon before we went out there, and then a lot of people were doing an 18-mile loop, or they were doing the full loop, which is basically a marathon. It was like 26 miles-ish. Ish? Ish. I feel like their ish out there could have been maybe 30. (laughs) Because the 18 was not 18. It turned out to be like 20-something miles. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Though we did, we did take a bit of a detour. The detour might have tacked on a little bit too much to that. Because, um, uh, again, at 10 miles, like, man, I really had to shit. And I uh, felt like there was no good place to shit on the trail. By the way, nice trail. And I've been training with my friends Rich and Thad. Uh, Mickey comes out there sometimes. uh and uh, Deirdre and there's like a few others, but we've been doing do- trail Thursdays, uh, mainly out at DeClue trail there at Greensfelder park. We usually do it out there and that terrain has really prepared me for I, what Barryman uh, Berryman w- was like, which Berryman I thought was easier than fucking DeClue. And we've also done a little bit of Chub trail over there at Tyson research park. That shit's fucking hardcore. <laughs> Um, anyway, Berryman, I'm, again, mile 10, got to shit. <laughs> and Thad remembered there was a bathroom around there where we were at, and uh, we managed to track that down with help uh, from Thad and my friend Frank, who was out there with some water and taking pictures. And uh, <laughs> I didn't have to shit in the woods, so I actually got to the bathroom and shit but uh i had prob i may have wiped off the lube i had on my my thighs and also apparently i wore some holes in my shorts around the thigh area i didn't realize the tear the the pain that i was going to feel later the 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 uh <laughs> the torture i would endure for the last couple of miles at that point but, uh, it's probably mainly the shorts had I worn like compression shorts, which the all the compression shorts I had fucking wore holes in them and stuff, and uh, I think the uh washing machine I have too likes to eat them a little bit um but uh anyway <laughs> it uh I got the shit out, and I felt a lot better for a few miles. Stuff was going good. we were keeping an easy nice and easy pace. To make sure that we could uh, do the whole thing, and for the most part, I feel confident that I'll be able to do the twenty-one and a half because that's pretty much what I did, and a lot of what we ran last weekend is what I should be running uh, for the OT race. There should be <laughs> at least a good chunk of it, and uh, but yeah, the the chafing became a real fucking issue. I mean, by the end, like there was. It felt like somebody had taken a cheese grater to my thighs. And it was it was just Swiss cheese down there. And uh it had a funk to it, like smell, like when <laughs> you take the clothes off later. It was it did not look good. It was just it was real raw. Like uh when we were done, man, like I oh, I was uh I was walking like a cowboy. Like uh, was really spreading the legs real far apart so I didn't touch the skin at all. Just, you know, really slow, slow walking. And I did that for like the next day as well, that Sunday. But it wasn't quite as bad, but I had developed like scabs on my legs <laughs> where the where I just, you know, shredded the skin. I think that might be the worst chafing I've ever had. And, uh, you know, part of it was a lack of, I don't think I had quite enough Vaseline on my thighs as I normally would. Normally, I really cake that shit on. As uh, I normally drive to wherever I'm running. And uh, what I will do is I will cake that stuff on my legs and around the anus. The, uh, so I don't want to get the reg- ring of death around the asshole. And uh, just up in that area, up uh, up in the thigh gap, up just like get it in there, get get in those thighs, just squeeze it in there, and then over the anus ish area, and then I put it on my feet too because my feet tend to have some issues, get a little in between the toes, all that good stuff, and then uh, then I wrestle a pig. Well, you know that's only some of the times, um, <laughs> but. Uh, Yeah, I'll really cake that stuff on, usually, because I really don't want chafing. And, like, uh, I don't want to get athlete's feet and all that good shit. So uh, (laughs) I'll do that. And then, like, if I'm driving somewhere to run, I'll put, like, a towel down in my car so I don't get Vaseline on anything, you know? Because it tends to go through the shorts, especially the the shorty shorts I was wearing that are now, like, gone as they've, like, biodegraded. on those last couple of runs. Um, but uh yeah, I felt weird about that cuz I wasn't driving. Thad was driving. I didn't want to get Vaseline all over his truck. So I did not put Vaseline all over the the thigh gap in my my ass crack. So, I I brought some with me in a backpack preparing to then apply Pre race, or well, not race, but training run, whatever you want to call it. Um And uh I felt weird in the bathroom putting it on. You know, it's just a. I mean, it's a campsite bathroom. There's, and just it's a, it's a really a a hole for a toilet. I mean, there's a toilet, but it's, you know, you know, it goes. It's not a. There's not running water, and. The worst part was, you know, there's no sink to wash my hands because normally what I do is I'll I'll cake that stuff on, but, you know, then you got Vaseline covering your fucking hands. And so then (laughs) not having a sink, I was like, well, fuck. I guess I'll try to be kind of (laughs) careful wiping that uh, on there, and then uh, I think I used some toilet paper to, like, kind of wipe my hands off with and then toss that in the... The toilet. <laughs> I just tried to not cake it on my hands a whole lot, but then tried to maneuver it on, and I don't think it worked out very well, as then I had Swiss cheese thighs. But Berryman overall was a good good time. It was a good time. Our friend Eric did uh, do a song with the ukulele about his story of him running for 50 years. He started in uh, 1972, I guess, would be 50, yeah. And uh, uh, they had some uh, – they were uh, cooking and everything out there. As I didn't eat a whole lot, though, because after a big, long run, I usually can't eat a lot. Um. <laughs> but speaking of running, <laughs> I felt pretty good about things, even though, like, there was the whole – the chafing thing was a real bitch. It was a real problem. But I felt pretty positive about running – and like, didn't hate trails as much because I'm not I'm not a fan of running on technical trails. I like hiking, running on it. I mean, it can be a bit dangerous. There's tree, tree roots all over. You're going faster. You're you know, it's. I just feel like you're going to get injured. I've had problems with IT band, and uh, a lot of different issues from running on trails. So far this go around, I haven't had too many injuries <laughs> from it, but. Uh, it kills me because all my, fr- you know, a lot of my friends are huge into technical trail running, and they swear because like the road destroys you—the asphalt and everything—it's really rough on your feet and whatnot. And yet, I've had a lot of his- history in the past with running on trails, and then c- it's it's a different beast. And I guess if you're out there, you're doing it all the time, it, you're a little bit more used to it, but it works a different set of muscles. And I've had issues with. Again, IT band, a lot of knee issues, and everything running out on trails. Then I ended up having to do strength training for a while, and it's it's uh <laughs> it can be rough. But uh, <laughs> speaking of rough, like uh again, we went out to DeClue Trail for this last uh, Trail Tuesday, and we were flying. It's uh Rich, I was with uh, my buddy Rich, and Thad was up front. He was leading us, and he really. I guess after Berryman wanted to like knock it out of the park and it was cool temps, man. The temps were fucking great. But, uh, man, uh, I, I hit the deck at about mile, like four miles in or so. Like I hit a, my foot hit a tree root and I fucking hit it as hard as I possibly could. Just dead on big toe, bam, just fucking kicked the shit out of the tree root and like time slowed down. I just yelled fuck immediately as soon as I hit the tree root, <laughs> Like as loud as I could. I was like, fuck. Just out of just pain and just anger. And uh, <laughs> I knew, I mean, I was I was concerned that there might be some real injury there. But uh, time slowed down as I was pretty sure that I was going down. Like there was, but it it was really slow. Like I went off the trail. Which is that section of trail that uh, there to Clue was, you know, fairly narrow. And uh, I totally didn't see that tree route at all before I hit it. Because we were going like a, uh, averaging, I think when I looked at my watch right before that, averaging a 920 minute mile on very technical trail, a lot of rocks, a lot of tree roots and stuff, a lot of elevation. Although we were going. We were going mostly downhill at that point, which does make it easier to do. Now, a 920 on the road's really easy for me. On that kind of surface, no, it is not. I would rather not run that fast on technical trail. But <laughs> um, anyway, again, I fucking hit this thing. I'm Fuck, I'm yelling fuck really loud. Surprisingly, I didn't scare off all the deer that were around. There was a fuck ton of them. Um, but it's as time slowed down, I could tell I'm going down and I'm trying to readjust readjust, but it's, it's just not happening. My foot must've gone way behind me and I just couldn't get (laughs) my balance back quick enough to avoid fucking hitting the deck. And apparently (laughs) I hit like a baby tree or something. I know I hit some kind of like small tree. And I don't remember hitting my face, but apparently I did hit my face a little bit as I've got like a scar on my eye. There's like a, a bruise above my eyebrow, on like the opposite eye. <laughs> and my friend Rich was giving me shit about my face. I thought he was just kidding, but I realized like, oh, no, I kind of did bruise up my face a little bit because <laughs> I didn't feel th- hitting the face. What I felt was like I bashed my knee after I hit my foot. I bashed my knee, I guess, on that little tree. <laughs> and i cut it open and uh it, it bruised up a little bit but uh i hit my side like my rib cage on that little tree <laughs> i got and then i hit the ground but uh i kept my face from hitting the ground and i, I bashed my hand a little bit it was it was not pleasant <sighs> at least i didn't hit like rocks on the way down like real solid rocks like the you know i could have could have done some real damage but uh The fun part came, like, the next day. And, like, well, of course, I did have to run a couple miles after (laughs) doing that. And it hurt like hell. My fucking toe hurt really bad. I thought my toe would get over it, though, because I've bashed my toe pretty good before. Maybe not that hard. (laughs) But I I felt like my toe would be fine. But I was more concerned about my knee because I've had knee issues in the past. And they can be tricky. So I was pretty concerned about that. Like, when I, when I got home that night, of course, I, I did uh, run a bath with some. <laughs> I got this stuff for, uh, it's it's meant more for feet, but it's got Epsom salt plus, like, some other shit in it. But like, I imagine you just put it in a bath. I mean, Epsom salt, you know, people just bathe in that a lot of times for aches and pains. But this stuff's got eucalyptus and methylated ment- <laughs> shit, a bunch of shit in there. That I have, like, a little foot bath thing with the jets in it. And I just filled the whole bathtub up and put some of that stuff in there which felt great on my foot and my knee but at that point, man, I couldn't put weight on my foot at all without feeling pain, which was concerning to say the least. Um, but I figured it was the first night, like, you know, it should get better in a couple of days. I figured if anything, I, I probably sprained it. Um, and I didn't, you know, I can't afford to even like a payment at a, for a doctor's visit at the moment. So I'm like, oh, just fucking, I'll, I'll deal with it. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I'm sitting in the tub with the Epsom salt and all that stuff. And again, it feels, feels good on the foot and the knee. However, I got quite the burn going on on the thighs where the cheese grater went on my thighs. Cause it still hasn't healed yet from Barryman that happened, you know, just a few days prior <laughs> to this before this it it, yeah and uh that burned but i sat in that tub for a good hour because like eventually i got over the burn um (laughs) bernie sanders wasn't there but uh, the burn i'm feeling the burn um (laughs) but uh, yeah it felt good uh, it felt good enough my pain i had way more pain from the foot that I was more concerned about that than the the burn that I was feeling in the thigh area in the thigh gap. It's <laughs> like I can deal with that. Let's just get this foot thing situated. And so I sat in there for a while. I iced it up later and uh was hoping I wouldn't be a complete fucking hobbled up handicapped mess come Wednesday, but uh, as it came to be, yeah, I, w- I felt like a like I should get the handicap pass you know for for my vehicle <laughs> the next day like it was it was pretty rough and uh early in the day it wasn't wasn't as bad but by the end of the the workday and I was just fucking thankfully most of the day I was working by myself cuz I I don't know I might have fucking flipped out on some people just cuz I was in so much pain <laughs> I was just fucking hating life in general I mean I was really hating life And uh, I I really don't know how I made it through work that day. I mean, the pain was fucking terrible, and I had to keep walking on it all day, all day, on my feet, on a concrete floor. I'm just fucking hating life. Then I get home, and I take off my shoe, and I look at my foot, and I was really concerned at that point because my foot had swollen up quite a bit. I wish I would have taken pictures of it swollen like that, but like comparing the my two feet to each other, it, it was not look it did not look great. There was a big discrepancy. One looked like like almost grapefruit, maybe not quite grapefruit, kinda swollen. But man, whew. And uh it was like right where the big toe meets the foot, like the joint in there. It was more of the foot that was swollen than the toe so much. So I was really paranoid that day. I was like, fuck, I think I might have gotten a hairline fracture because I didn't see any, like, bone jutting out or, like, uh, the toenail wasn't, like, really fucked up. Like, uh, and because if it was, like, a real heavy fracture, like, <laughs> and stuff was out of place, like, you'd really notice and there'd be a lot of bruising and such. But a hairline fracture, you know, can happen, and it won't look quite that bad, but, uh, it still hurts a little bit now, but, um, the, (laughs) I was really paranoid that day, and I was reaching out to, like, my friend Megan, I was like, fuck, I think I may may have broken my, (laughs) my toe, and, uh, with that, the night before, it was telling me I should... Probably have to, you know, if it's broken and stuff, I'll end up having to wrap it and everything. And then Megan's like, yeah, you need to kind to wrap that shit. So uh, I did end up wrapping it that night with some uh, sports tape stuff I got from Walgreens and some gauze. I wrapped it over the night, and uh, I fucking, oh, man, this is another pisser, too. I had the foot bath thing going <laughs> with the Epsom salt, <laughs> like the the day after injuring it because that was the night it really fucking hurt, and I was really worried that uh, maybe it was broken. Uh, I'm playing Tony Hawk and just fucking massaging the feet in there, and I got my one good controller for the PlayStation because I've been through like four or five of those for the PS4. It's been ridiculous. The fucking joysticks in those things are fucking useless. They always fuck... It's playing the first-person shooters. seems to be where I grind out the fucking thumbsticks. I've never had that many problems with controllers on any system before, but, the, uh, like, it's, it's driving me nuts. And this one's good. This is a good fucking controller, and here I am fucking all wounded and shit playing Tony Hawk. I dropped the fucking controller in the fucking footpath. Son of a bitch. It appears that it's not working now. I didn't have like any rice or anything to put it in to like dry it out and I couldn't shut it off somehow I could not shut the fucking controller off and like uh, I wasn't about to go anywhere I'd already been to the store and like I was in such pain I'm like I'm not fucking getting up dude I guess this controller's fucked I guess just use one of the shitty controllers (laughs) I still have I just won't play many games on the damn thing like son of a bitch and it, it's still not working as of today. Like, motherfucker. But my foot feels better. There's that. I got that going. And apparently I can't drink alcohol anymore because after third Thursday, and I feel like just shit. I uh, had three drinks. And I wasn't like knocking them back. I did eat a lot of food and that probably was a big problem. Ate a lot of fucking pizza. And uh I still have a headache and shit. Two days later. Ugh. But I'm just I'm am banged up, man. Banged up. And uh just just li- and trying to enjoy life. Um I've been watching a lot of <laughs> Ash versus the Evil Dead as also Agent Mulder here. He seems to enjoy watching uh well, he likes watching movies in general. But he's uh, I I watched Evil Dead 2 with him the other night and I've uh, been watching a lot of Ash versus the Evil Dead when there's like scary stuff and like suspenseful seems like he really gets into it. He really gets jacked up. I, I find it very entertaining. As he's he's just laying there just sleeping right now. I should probably <laughs> not mention it. Like he's probably going to hear me talking about him and then freak out. Uh <laughs> But I've been watching that and I, w- I was thinking, you know, like maybe I should just get a chainsaw foot. And then I could just like cut through all the tree roots. And stuff on the trails because they give me so much problems. Lingo boingo, you know. I don't know how well I'd be able to walk on a chainsaw, though. That could be could be a little bit difficult. Running could also be a challenge. I don't know that anybody would want to do any races with me because, like, what if this dude falls and cuts my leg off? That fucking chainsaw leg. <laughs> Nobody'd want to pass me. They're like, fuck, I ain't fucking running in front of that. <laughs> Fucking Ash Williams up in this bitch. Gonna cut my goddamn leg off. Uh great thing though, I was uh reading up, which I I had heard the backstory on this a long time ago, but uh I was trying to remember the story as I was reading it earlier is the uh car that is in the Evil Dead movies and Ash vs the Evil Dead. The, uh, I believe it's uh, 1974 Oldsmobile Delta 88 that the director one well, Mr. Sam Raimi. Fucking legend that he is. It was his car, his actual car, and actually his mother, I guess, had the car before him, and uh, I guess Bruce Campbell and Sam grew up together. And uh, I'd like to get... Bruce Campbell's put out a couple of books, but he talks about it apparently in his books. As Bruce was not a fan of that car early on, <laughs> he's kind of got a uh, love for it now. As Sam Raimi still has that fucking car, and it's the same car he used in Ash versus the Evil Dead. They use like stunt like other cars for scenes where they're going to destroy it and shit. But like, it's the same car. He's kept that car his fucking whole life, basically. That's it. I I love the fact that he's done that. He's got that Delta 88 and it's throughout and it's not just the Evil Dead movies, like all the early movies that he did. These Super 8 films that he did with Bruce Campbell. They were using that Delta 88. It's pretty crazy. Like the engines like none of that is all original. <laughs> none of it. <laughs> and like the interior apparently has been gutted. <laughs> and replace, but, like, the steering wheel's, like, original, the body's original, apparently there's a lot of Bondo. <laughs> it's just pretty fantastic that he's kept that car, which there's a... <laughs> Conan O'Brien has his, like, a old, like, I guess this is first car he ever had. And, you know, he's got... He's worth several million dollars, I guess. Uh, I gotta look at. I forgot what uh, what car? It is. It's a four. Oh, it a Ford Taurus. Yeah, nineteen ninety, 1990, nineteen ninety two Ford Taurus SHO. It does have a manual transmission, though. It does have a manual transmission. If you have watch, I mean, if you're a fan of Conan, you've probably seen this at some point in time. Like the history of him being on television. He has, like, shown that car off. And, uh, Brad Pitt, at one point, uh, there was a joke where he, like, sold it to Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> but he's taken it to, like, car shows and such. There's here's some pretty funny stuff, though. Um, I had a V6 engine. Huh. Five speed manual transmission. <laughs> uh it uh, it's this like horrid green color, which I'm a fan of green, but this green, I mean it is old. It's from the nineties. But it is not the most pretty color uh, car. <laughs> uh but there's some great clips of him. Taking that car around, as uh, I guess that's what he, I want to say. It might have been his, well, it wouldn't have been his first car, but it was car he had from the, the his early days. Uh, <clears throat> which I guess he's not the only one that's like held on to old car that, which at least the Delta had like personality, and it was actually one of the first real like muscle cars. It's not, I mean, it doesn't look like a fucking muscle car, but, I mean, it was one of the the early versions of a muscle car. So there's some good history of the Delta 88. This Ford Taurus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a manual, though. At least it's a manual. So it's got that. It's got that kind of class. Um, I mean, V6, that's something. It's got a little bit of power. Uh As, uh, there's, like, a lot of clips of him driving it, though, and just the all kinds of shitty stuff on there, like the mirror and everything. I feel like he might have uh, <clears throat> fixed some of the stuff on there now. I mean, the guy could afford, you know, a slightly better car. As, uh, that green Taurus. It is something else. Um, But... Uh, <sighs> I'm glad I haven't held on to my uh, the, well, the first car I had. Man, that was a shitty car. It was uh, a <laughs> like Adam Sandler's classic song, piece of shit car. It was uh, about mine. Mine was an 87 Plymouth Horizon with like a I don't even know what you would call that grayish blue color. It was kind of like something you'd see out of RoboCop. <laughs> like almost, <laughs> but like not in a good way. It was like uh I mean I'm sure when it was brand new it probably looked all right color-wise. I mean the color wasn't terrible. But uh I wish it would have been a manual. That would have been fun at least. Some so I would have gotten uh <laughs> a little bit of practice on driving uh a uh you know, manual back in the day. Ooh, I'm looking at pictures and it's just exactly like mine. The first pictures that come up is that same fucking blue. Oh man, there's one in like good shape. Wow, that actually looks nice with it. Like somebody actually, I don't know if that's a brand, like, oh, that can't be it. The picture looks too new <laughs> for uh, that to be brand new, but man, that is like an, I don't know that I've ever seen a horizon that fucking nice. That's the Wikipedia. uh <laughs> pictures of it most of these look like shit <laughs> the one i had was pretty shitty <laughs> uh the first ones that popped up though it had that same like i don't know sky blue what kind of fucking blue would you call that i don't know what um junkyard treasure oh here we go this is uh autoweek.com this is from March 1st of 2021 is loaded in 1987 Plymouth Horizon, is junkyard treasure. And this is definitely not the one I had, man, this one actually the body on that. It looks fucking nice. Holy shit. I mean, somebody took care of this car at one point, um, designed in Europe in the middle seventies, the Dodge Omni and its Plymouth horizon siblings still sold well in the late eighties. Uh, tell me about it. Um, when Chrysler needed a small car to sell in North America, Chrysler Europe-owned Roots Group stepped up with the Hillman Avenger, which went on sale here at the Plymouth Cricket starting in the, seven, the 1971 model year. At the same time, a deal was inked in, with Mitsubishi to sell the rear-wheel drive Colt Gallant on our shores. A bit later on, Chrysler America and Chrysler Europe joined voice, the forces to develop the Omni Horizon modern front-wheel drive machine that first went on sale here in 1978 model year. It was a success on both sides of the Atlantic so much so that the sales continued here all the way through 1990. Here's a late Plymouth Horizon with plenty of options found in a Denver uh, yard last summer. Which the the body looks surprisingly fucking good on this. Wow. Had had my car looked that nice, maybe I would have taken better care of it? Oh, uh, the stereo in there is as much nicer. I mean, mine was a piece of shit. It was barely running. <laughs> it was it was in bad shape, but I only spent like two or $300 on getting the damn thing. So I can't complain much about that. I got a hell of a deal. A car that, I mean, I had to do some work on to get it to run initially, but I mean, it was a hell of a deal. Is here, uh, By the time the various iterations of the car hit showrooms, the European and American designs had diverged significantly. They looked similar at a glance but had serious mechanical differences. Earlier U.S. market cars had Simca 1.6 liter, Volkswagen 1.7 liter engines, but by 87 every Omni and Horizon came with the same 2.2 liter Chrysler engine that powered millions of members of the K-Car family, which I guess is what I had. I, yes, yeah, because I had 87 mmm but uh, man, this kind of bringing back flashbacks i man, I don't really remember driving it all that well now. I mean, I remember the car I remember the the uh uh I had the uh passenger side door handle on the outside snapped off me one night. I wanted to get in the fucking car. And it snapped right off in my fucking hand. And I was just like, oh, son of a bitch. And I had no money then. I mean, I worked at a fucking restaurant making fairly minimum wage <laughs> at the time. And I, I don't remember what a bit of wage was back then, but it was like, I don't know, five something an hour <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. I made maybe a little bit over minimum wage. It wasn't good. It was not good. And, uh, so I didn't have a whole lot of money to spend on a car or anything for that matter. Although I did live with my mom and somehow I managed to save up a little bit of money to like buy some guitar equipment, like the fucking amp and shit. I guess that's where I spent most of my money as I seem to be going back down that road. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yeah, I haven't grown up much. Um, yeah, so when that door handle broke, I ended up either keeping the window rolled down and fucking going all Dukes of Hazard style, jumping in through the door, which I didn't do that much. Usually what I would do is just enter in from the passenger side of the vehicle and then get over into the driver's seat, which I did recently in my Mini Coo too, two, and it's really fucking tough. I thought it was tough in that Horizon. Cause, I mean, the, I don't know what's smaller, the Horizon or the Mini. I feel like the Mini... Is definitely smaller on the inside. Shit's way more in the way. But I had a grocery store situation where this woman was loading her vehicle from the side where my car was with the door open, and I was like, "Fuck, I want to leave." So I got in through the passenger side, but I had to do that in the Horizon every time I got into it because the fucking door handle, and I I never replaced the goddamn door handle. So, uh, it was, uh, fun times, fun times in that fucking thing. It was a real death trap. (laughs) I mean, I, I didn't, I let that thing just die, basically. (laughs) It I mean, it's kind of, kind of freeing, though, to, like, have a vehicle that you didn't spend much money on to begin with, and that, you know, you, you don't have car payments coming, you don't. If it breaks down, you know, I mean, hopefully you can find a friend that could like get like a tow chain or something, <laughs> like help you out, or put it in neutral and push it. It's not that hard to push. I had to do it a few times. Trebejo helped me. Um, <laughs> but uh, like you can do stupid shit in it, and if something breaks, like eh, fuck, well, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, the engine's on fire. <laughs> <sighs> that, that happens to my car now. I'm like, fuck, man. Fuck, I still got to pay for that thing. And also, ah, fuck, how am I going to get to work? Son of a bitch. It's a real headache. And, you know, any part in a fucking Mini Cooper goes out. I'm like, God damn it. That's a that's fucking expensive. <laughs> you know, back when I had that Horizon, if I would have actually paid to, like, p- replace this stuff, and especially if I did it myself, I mean, been, like, "Oh, a- a quarter of the cost of most of the things that I would fix on the mini Cooper. I mean, give inflation, it might be a little bit different, but, uh, it's, the parts on that were just cheaper anyway. I mean, it was an American vehicle and at the time. There was, the parts were fairly easy to get. Although some of them, you know, I had to order them special, which was kind of a pain in the ass. Anyway. But yeah. <laughs> trip through memory lane in the shitty hoopy car Adam Sandler's piece of shit car just blaring in my head uh, I know one thing man I am uh, excited about the Roku channel which I never would have thought I would say this but I'm excited to see the Roku channel movie about Weirdo um I don't remember. Like, I'm going to have to look up. Let's see. Release date here. It's coming at... Oh. It's supposed to already have been out. What the fuck? <laughs> um. <clears throat> oh, now it's saying... I guess... Yeah, it showed, I guess, like they showed it at the Toronto Film Festival or something or other the other night. But uh, it's not actually released until November fourth I guess <clears throat> um but it's on the Roku channel um it just premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival, the tiff, but it's weird the l Yankovic story, and from the <laughs> the trailer it none of it looks real, you know real <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of fact in it. this weird Al is um well known for not being in a, you know using drugs abstaining from alcohol and drugs and all that stuff yet <laughs> in the trailer he's boozing it up just being like a normal rock star it's basically it looks to be a spoof on uh like uh rock star biopics The biopics, which is pretty great. And, uh, you know, it's been like 30 plus years since Weird Al put out uh, UHF, his last movie, which I fucking love UHF. But uh, Daniel Radcliffe is playing Weird Al in this, and he got fucking ripped to play Weird Al, which is fantastic. Because the only time Weird Al has ever really been ripped was in UHF when he had, like, the uh, prosthetics on, when he's playing, doing the Rambo shit. But, uh... (laughs) Holy shit, it looks pretty crazy. But I had to wonder, like, is there any part of this that's, like, real? Because, like, in the trailer, he's getting it on with Madonna, played by Evan Rachel Wood, who looks pretty damn good as Madonna, I'll say. I do enjoy Evan Rachel Wood. I like the, uh... Uh, her in the uh, Across the Universe. That was, uh, the, uh, Beatles musical, basically. And, uh, anyway, yeah. And she's also in, uh, Westworld, of course. There's, <laughs> look at these pictures from the Weird Al movie. Him with, uh, I guess that's supposed to be Oprah. <laughs> but, uh, Daniel Radcliffe getting jacked to play Weird Al. That's just pretty, pretty fucking great. Pretty fucking great. Um, apparently, originally I was, you know, I was reading. I think I may have heard this before, but I know I read uh, recently that uh, <coughs> it was Aaron Paul that was like uh, signed on because they've been trying to do this Weird Al movie for a long time now, and. Uh, <coughs> Yeah, Aaron Paul was like initially going to be it. So that <laughs> just imagine Aaron Paul all fucking weird owled out. Hey, yeah. Fucking Madonna. Like how I do it, like, like a surgeon, huh? <laughs> I hope he would have done like, continue to do like the Jesse voice. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, how about we do some math and, like, uh, like I'll, uh we will play with bubbles and uh, I'll just call the song "Fat," you know? Yeah, science, bitch. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking weird, Al. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking love Air Paul. I, I'm not really like big into uh, Harry Potter I might have seen like one or two of the Harry Potter films like back when the, like the first two were released I'm not sure I know I've at least seen like one of them I at least took a good chunk of it but I could really give a shit less about Harry Potter but I've seen Daniel Radcliffe and other things and I I enjoy him and it, from watching the trailer on this the weird the Al Yankovic story I gotta say, I'm pretty jacked. It looks pretty fucking epic. Um, here's a, I guess, a quote from one Mister Weird Al Yankovic. He says, "When my last movie UHF came out in 1989, I made a solemn vow to my fans that I would release a major motion picture every 33 years, like clockwork." I'm very happy to say we're on schedule, said Yankovic in a statement, and I am absolutely thrilled that Daniel Radcliffe will be portraying me in the film I have no doubt whatsoever that this is the role future generations will remember him for. <laughs> ah That's so good. I hope that I hope that's it. They when you think Daniel Radcliffe, you should just think weird Al Yankovic. There's no Harry Potter. There's no Harry Potter. There's there's only one weird owl. He doesn't need a magic wand. Just needs, you know, a bologna sandwich. My bologna. <laughs> and an accordion. You know, that's pretty much all he needs. Maybe a perm. Uh I hope Michael Richards makes an appearance. I know Weird Al's uh, playing like some sleazy, like record exec or something of that nature, but I, <laughs> it would be great if they stick like Michael Richards in there somewhere with a mop. If you're if you've ever seen UHF, of course, Michael Richards plays. Well, he starts out as a janitor, and then, uh, of course, the whole premise of the show is uh or the movie is that uh Weird Al. Runs this TV station that is like on its way under, and like, uh, like he just got the like his like a relative or something passed away, and he was got it in a will or something. I don't remember exactly how he got the station, but uh, (laughs) he ends up just doing whatever he wants at this TV station, this tiny little TV station, and then uh, start letting all kinds of crazy ideas go on on all these shows. And uh, Michael Richards plays like his janitor. And uh, he ends up giving him a kid's show, but he wants to keep the mop that he has. He loves his mop. Like, that's my mop. (laughs) It's a big thing, the mop, for him. I just hope that that's somewhere in this this story, because I feel like that mop is... Very important. It's like Sam Raimi's Delta, the Delta, or the uh, the classic, as he likes to call it, the classic, the Oldsmobile, the Delta. You know, if and I hope it's the original mop from UHF. Maybe Michael Richards kept it. Maybe we, I feel like it. Probably, if anybody kept it, Weird Al probably has that that exact mop. <laughs> well there's a whole thing like uh he had a mop I guess in UHF it's been a few years since I've watched UHF but I uh, there was the job he had as the janitor somebody uh, intentionally broke his mop or something or took his mop he's very upset with it and then I believe Weird Al gave him a different mop <laughs> but I feel like there's at least one of those mops made it out of UHF that uh and make an appearance in Weird, the Al Yankovic story. The so very true Al Yankovic story. As uh <laughs> when I did see like in the trailer. Of course, it's obvious that, you know, most of this probably did not happen. But I had to wonder, with like in the trailer, when he's like getting it on with Madonna, I'm like. Did they have a, a sexual relationship? I'm not even sure if they actually really met. But I'm like wondering like Madonna did have sex with a lot of people. She was very open. She was very willing to get it on with people. I mean, she had the whole sex book. She really had seemed to have a thing for baseball players. I know, well, at least Jose Canseco if I remember correctly. But uh, I know that I mean, she was getting on with a lot of people. She was very open, and uh, that was great. But uh, like I was, when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, "Oh shit! I hope that's real. I hope Weird Al." I don't think so. I don't think so. Like Madonna again, very open. It seemed like she was willing to, to you know, enjoy the pleasures of the flesh with whomever for the for well. But it seemed like it was mostly attractive people. I feel like. That would have been, it, had she been with Weird Al, I doubt she would have ever told anybody. You know? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm wrong. You know? I'm hoping that happened. That Weird Al got the, the prime Madonna there. <laughs> it, it's just it's kind of sad that he was never jacked like that. He was always just kind of kinda weird. Uh, I love Weird Al, though. Fucking love me some Weird Al. Man, he's actually a really good musician, too. Like, when he does songs that aren't just, like, parodies either. I mean, he's... Fuck his parodies, man. He goes through great... Um, effort to make sure he, he nails down the details of the music to where he's he's nailing, you know, how they did the, the music. It's not just like he... <clears throat> just as like vocals over the stuff. I mean, they go through and do all the instrumentation the way it was like in the original song and all that stuff. And then like whenever he's done like videos in the past, like the uh, smells like teen spirit one, which I forgot what the, the parody actually is for weird Al. I know it's the basically just saying that, you know, no one understands what the fuck he's singing. (laughs) They went through and filmed the parody video Of Nirvana at the same place that, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit was filmed. And they hired a lot of the same uh, cheerleaders and stuff that were in the video, the actresses that played the cheerleaders. And so, uh, I mean, they went through a lot to, like, really nail down everything. The guy takes his craft serious. He takes his making fun of things seriously. And I appreciate that, I appreciate that a lot. I admire the craftsmanship, sir, good sir, good weird, weird sir um, <laughs> but oh man, like Amish paradise, I mean, there's some classics, the Amish paradise paradise might might be the best, but I mean there's some good fucking parodies in there, I mean churning lots of butter, I mean that's good shit, um. But there's some too that, you know, I don't think really got a lot of play, but there's like a, a Doors one. He did like a, I mean, it's kind of a parody of a Doors song, but it's more of like in the style of the Doors. It's the Craigslist song. That one's pretty fantastic. That came out around 2010 ish, maybe a little bit earlier than that. I don't remember. Um, But, oh, man. I was recently uh, going through and listening to some weird al songs I hadn't heard before, and you know there's there's some good shit. You know it it is funny though when he got started it was everything was eat it fat, (laughs) my bologna, my bologna. Uh, It was was a lot to do with food. And uh, but he he became more clever than that, you know. But by the time he moved on to Don, it was like a surgeon. Uh, there's, I mean, the Gump song instead of Lump. That one's not that different than Lump. It's almost when I hear Lump, I just I think Gump, because I mean I love Forrest Gump, so there's that's a thing. Uh, <sighs> oh, it smells like Nirvana is the. <laughs> parody version that smells like teen spirit oh, I like the saga begins that's basically American Pie um, oh man Ugh, this movie November 4th I guess is what it said it seems uh, I'll have something looking forward to then I mean Andor comes out in like a week got that G- got that going for me Got that going for all of us. And uh, She-Hulk still got, I guess, a few episodes left. So they've teased. It looks like Daredevil's going to make an appearance soon. And the Daredevil, of course, that was in Netflix at that, which I enjoyed him. I thought he was good. thought he was good. The whole cast was good for Daredevil. It will be good to see them back in it. Although, of course, uh, Kingpin has already made his appearance back in uh, the Marvel and I guess considered the MCU or at least the Disney shows <clears throat> but, uh, so I mean they w- we've already known that like he was they've already canonized I guess the Daredevil in the MCU that was uh, on Netflix and that's uh, good it's good because it's a uh, it's a damn fine show Damn fine show, and uh, Luke Cage was pretty good. I mean, they had a. I mean, really, the shows on Netflix, the the Marvel shows, were pretty solid, pretty fucking solid. If I do say so myself, um, I hope uh, we get some John Bernthal back as the Punisher somehow, some way. I really did enjoy that too. I thought. Of all the Punishers I've seen on film, that John Bernthal actually might be the best. And I've seen Dolph Lundgren play the Punisher, and I—I <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean Louis Gossett Jr. and Dolph Lundgren in the Punisher. I know I didn't know that I'd ever see better than that. I mean, there's a whole scene. They got the Asian woman that's, I guess, she's some kind of organized crime leader. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But there's at the end, um, <laughs> she's telling him to get on his knee in a horrible Asian accent. Just, on your knees. Like, it's, like I imagine the woman really was Asian, <laughs> but it seemed like. I don't know. It was just like almost. It sounded like somebody making fun of a nation. Is the way it sounded, but it was just sounded always so funny. It was just not um, scary at all. <laughs> it was just near the epic end of the Dolph Lundgren's Punisher. I mean that movie. It's so good, but I felt like John Bernthal really really nailed the Punisher was, uh, <laughs> I'm going to find it I got to find where to watch oh you can rent it or purchase it on Prime Video Um, discuss Jr. oh my gosh <laughs> oh man TV Guide says it's only two st- oh one and a half stars they don't even go two stars Oh, and then it says the same thing. TV got them three stars. Where's the why? <laughs> uh IMDB gives it three stars. Let's let's read some reviews. Okay. Like this is a <laughs> oh, I love this movie poster. Holy shit. He really looks fucking. Well, you know what? I, I did kind of forget about one that was pretty solid. The Ray Stevenson one. That one's pretty good. I did enjoy that. I didn't care if we're the Thomas Jane one with John I think John Travolta isn't it. But I did I did really enjoy the Ray Stevenson one. Like it's kind of cartoonish and animationist. I I would prefer, I guess, the uh John Bernthal Punisher series. But the Ray Stevenson one, that was pretty good. I felt like it was uh like almost like a, almost like a hobo with a shotgun ish. Like, over-the-top violence and good stuff. I thought it was, uh... I think that one might just... I remember. uh oh, Punisher Warzone. Okay, that's what that one is. Which, is the Thomas Jane one's rated higher on IMDb. Not by much. Or, no, that one's rated eight stars. Fuck that. <laughs> what the hell? is <laughs> uh are no 6.4 what is this dirty laundry one was there more than one now i'm now i'm confused i'm really confused um did i did i not see this one i don't remember this i don't i did not know that there was a <laughs> maybe i did i don't remember this one at all i had to have seen this but I know I saw the first one he did. and uh, But apparently this one's rated better. Holy shit, where am I going to... Man. It's, uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of surprised I didn't know about that one. That one came out in 2012. How did I not... Anyway. I got to look up this Dolph Lundgren one. <laughs> it's what it came here for. I'm to read reviews. Of this classic, and see if anybody mentions "um <laughs> on your knees" line because I don't know, it's just something just so funny about it. Uh see here, reviews. Here we go. Let's let's read some reviews. No, um, featured review. This is uh, a. We'll go into the whole one. Do. Well, let's go back to the featured review here. I think that it's probably going to be more of a positive thing. Uh, <sighs> not nearly as bad as the IMDb rating lets you uh, lead you to believe. In fact, I have a suspicion that I will still like this one better even after the release of the new Punisher. This was a uh, 2004. <laughs> That's because of a couple of reasons. Firstly, the acting. Dolph Lundgren acts very well in this film. Portraying a grim, depressed, out-of-the-ordinary action hero whose sole reason for living is revenge, Louis Gossett Jr. also does his best as Lundgren's former best friend, Jerome Crabby. Crab? I don't know. Anyway, in my opinion, is uh, miscast as the big crime boss, although he does his best. Jerome Crabby? Uh, And secondly, the action sequences are simply good. Lots of guns blazing. Some decent camera angles and, of course, the whole red light sequence near the end of the film, which I liked. The whole atmosphere of this movie is grim, gritty, depressed. Something I think the remake this year will not accomplish. I mean, I remember it kind of be a dark. But also, like, I mean, I loved the movie. Uh, as a kid, I mean, I was pretty young, of course, when this came out. But I fucking, I mean, I was eight years old. I fucking enjoyed the shit out of it. Um distressed 12 says this version of the Punisher is much different than the 2004 version. For one thing, it is much darker and probably more faithful to the comic book version. Pacing is very deliberate in this one, creating more atmosphere. There are some very good fight scenes in this movie. The biggest difference is the antagonist, which is the much more deadly in this one and a worthy adversary of the Punisher. Dolph Lundgren plays the role in this incarnation is much more imposing With better physical presence, this is mainly due to his size. Well, of course. He definitely would inspire fear in the criminal element. Lundgren is not really a great actor, but he doesn't need to be for this role overall. This is a good movie, more subdued than the 2004 version. There is more physical action, but very little of things blowing up, which works in the film's favor. A strong 7 out of 10. A lot of people, man, the, the reviews. I'm seeing a lot of 7 out of 10s. 10 out of 10 here. Lundgren was the perfect choice to play the punisher. Boom. They are not fucking around. My god, this guy wrote a fucking Tarbosh. 22 220,000. He's going on a big I I'm not reading all that. Man, he's but he's putting like he wrote a fucking novel on this thing. I mean, people are going nuts on this. This is I mean, I remember loving it, but you know, honestly, I don't remember that much about it. I don't I feel like I need to go back and watch this. I mean, I don't know if I I don't necessarily trust my memory as a as a child. I feel like <laughs> watching this as an adult. I mean, I probably still just love it just because of the nostalgic factor. But holy fuck, there's like uh, the reviews on here. Oh, I finally saw a negative one. Five out of ten, you know. It's uh, Ma Cortez. <laughs> Not loving it. But man, most of these are. Oh, three out of ten. Ooh. <laughs> Platypus Show? <laughs> Doesn't like this one. The Punisher is so generic, it hurts. The 80s and 90s were great times for action movie fans. Few of the titles that came out were any good, but there were plenty of them to keep the masses entertained. Dolph Lundgren here stars as the first outing of Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher, but if you're expecting anything to do with the character at all, you'll be disappointed. Trademark Skull, origin story, connections to the Marvel Universe, nothing. In fact, the movie is so generic, it could have just been a standard action flick where they at the last minute decided would be The Punisher. This truly is just yet another paint-by-numbers action flick. Standard formula, Lundgren is wooden, as always, and the movie has as much to do with The Punisher as creation theory has to do with science. (laughs) Ugh. Just know, the good. Couple of decent characters, the bad. So incredibly generic. Lundgren is terrible. I feel like he's just not a fan of (laughs) Dolph Lundgren. Simply not a Punisher film. Things I learned from this movie, being in a house that blows up will not even phase you. In fact, you'll have a chance to pose for cameras. Five seconds of origin stories apparently sufficient. The actor sidekick would have had been the lead in the Marvel universe. They still acknowledge the existence of DC characters. But uh <laughs> Yeah, most of these though are fucking oh, there's another finally another negative one. Two out of ten. I just didn't care for this. That's what Aaron 1375 said. He goes a little bit more detail, you know? Hey, you know, I, I, I can respect that. Uh, most of these motherfuckers, though, fucking love this thing. That seems to be the overall <laughs> response I'm getting here. As Like, I remember, again, enjoying it as a kid, but honestly, I don't remember much about it. I mean, I enjoyed Dolph Lundgren, though. He was a cheesy fucking action star that, uh, I don't know, he was just, you know, he's just fucking Dolph Lundgren. You know what you're going to get when you get a Dolph Lundgren movie, and it's fucking Dolph Lundgren in there. He's just the Punisher. They really could should have put a massive skull on his chest. I mean, that's just the least you could do. The least you could do there. But, you know, he he dyed his hair black. What can you say? So he he's Frank Castle, right? <laughs> I mean, he might as well have had the Russian accent in there. But as I remember, though, I mean, it was an enjoyable film. You know, maybe it had nothing to do with much of actual Punisher lore. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he looks the part other than, you know, he doesn't have the big-ass fucking skeleton or a skull on his chest. As uh and it's got Louis Gossett Jr., man. What like any movie in the eighties with Louis Gossett Jr. I mean, it's fucking golden. Let's be real. It's real. It's fucking golden. Louis Scott Gossett Jr. nailing it back then. Nailing it. Fucking American Eagle, was it? I think there was a, that was a movie series he was in. I, is he still I you know? I guess he's still doing stuff. <laughs> I'm looking at his IMDb right now. I'm like, uh, I'm like, is he still alive? I mean, he's in Enemy of Mine. That's a good movie. Jaws 3D. I mean, how can you go wrong there? <laughs> it's in 3D. Uh, there's a... Uh, oh, yeah, I guess he's still, still doing shit, man. Fuck. He's got to be... A, Getting up there. Born in 1936, yeah. Lewis is... He's a fucking great actor, though. Fucking love that. I mean, he's in classic shit. Definitely, like... I mean, I don't know that he's got much range, but I definitely <laughs> love a lot of fucking uh, movies he's been in. A lot of these newer ones, man. I'm just not... He's on the new Hawaii Five O. I never, I've never watched any of that. Yeah, I'm not these uh, movies. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm, never, I'm never familiar. a lot of it's just post production. What the fuck is it? Just voiceover? What the fuck? All right, no, that's. I'm sorry, the movie's in post production or whatever the fuck is going. On. I guess they're remaking the color purple. They're, uh. Yeah, most of these new. Mm. The uh, Watchmen series. I heard that was good. I not really. Uh, oh, I saw part of one, but I don't have the access to HBO at the moment. Was, uh, <clears throat> but holy shit, in the 90s? The motherfucker was killing it. I gotta go back to his 90s appearances here. Let's see here, 90, 80s and 90s. There's, uh. He was on. Oh, yeah, that's right. He, I think I got to remember this. <laughs> he played Sergeant Timco on uh, the Ellen TV show, not the daytime talk show, but like when she had a sitcom. I think I got to remember that because I would. I think uh watched that show quite a bit back in the day. Oh, Iron Eagle. That's the 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 movies I was thinking of. Iron Eagle. Those movies were fucking. Oh, <coughs> uh, those were fucking classic. That's when, it, when I think, 80s and 90s, I think of Louis Gossett Jr., fucking Iron Eagle. Mm. Now I'm looking at, ooh, Digstown. That's a good one. It's a boxing movie. And, uh, pretty fantastic. I Man, there's like, was there at least like four or five of these fucking Iron Eagle movies? I knew there was a lot. But, uh,. Oh, yeah. Toy Soldiers. That's some classic shit. Sean Astin, I think, is in that, where uh, the whole premise of that one, like uh, some terrorists take over this fucking school, this boy's school. Like, here, Here's the uh, brief synopsis they give you on IMDb. A group of troublemaking boys decide to take a stand when terrorists seize control of their boarding school. Fuck, yeah. I feel like this is also one that I watched as a child that maybe watching it now, maybe I'm not gonna feel as good. It's got fucking Will Wheaton, Sean Astin, Arlie Army in it. Fuck yeah. As uh <laughs> I, I Oh yeah, Lewis Gossett Jr. plays the Dean. I'm like we're trying to remember what part. Uh I remember watching I watched that shit in the movie theater. It's a hardcore I was. That was uh, Will Wheaton. It's got this fucking you're, man. I really haven't watched this in a long time. It, it's wow, it's so dated now. Of course, a lot of these you know kids in this movie are like fifties now. So there's that. <laughs> uh, that's one I need to like pull up. That was like one, you know, the kids taking over fighting the terrorists. It was very much in the vein of like Red Dawn. Very classic. But uh yeah. I think I'm good here. As uh this I'm amazed. Agent Mulder's pretty much slept through this whole show. He has not uh made one meow this whole time. And on that note, yeah, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can. <laughs>